0: Pod, 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 rugby pod.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Ryan, big German Goodyear. With me as usual, we'll be looking back on a busy weekend of international rugby, including the British and Irish Lions in South Africa and Ireland and England's opening summer fixtures. Plus, we'll be speaking with legendary former Springbok captain John Smith and brand new England skipper Lewis Ludlow on the show as well. So make sure you've subscribed to Spotify, open your cloth, and enjoy.
2: So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode
3: is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower, what's next? Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
4: How's your week been? Good. You were at a farm this week again, weren't you? Did see
0: it. <laughs> we went to a different farm on Friday. Took the twins to a different oh, farm on Friday. What, yeah, what went, was
4: different went to about six.
0: it? It was a different farm, Jim. Uh, there was a load of rides for the kids. What do you mean rides? A farm? Yeah, it was a farm park. So there was animals to feed and, and interact with. And then there were kids rides old mcdonald's farm park it was good fun actually uh, old mcdonald's
4: original yeah
0: yeah and then we what else did we do over the weekend went trampolining and we went rock climbing indoor rock climbing with the twin. just a busy weekend but well to get back to normal i booked me holiday i've booked a holiday jim i am out of this country pretty eminently to go and catch some sun rays get the old budgie smuggler thong out <laughs> uh Found a lovely spot in Mallorca. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to lovely it. Lovely spot. Looking forward to Tell it. Tell the
4: chavs that. About, okay, sorry. About, I don't about, I want okay. a stereotype. I don't want a stereotype. <laughs> I'm a chav myself. I'm happy to go to Mallorca, Menorca, wherever, Tenerife. Like, that is probably more me and
0: the Covskins, really. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I said to the missus, I was like, you know, one, one night I've probably got to go and you know, sample the the local delicacies. And she goes, what do you mean by the local delicacies? I said, well, fish what we bowls. we'll go out for an early dinner. You can put the kids to bed and then I'll go up to uh, to Magaluf, get down BCM or Alex's Bar or whatever, all the hanging places up there, get the fish bowls in and just reenact the in us. There's always a
4: good Irish bar, isn't there? In these chapters, I mean, these places <laughs> that are good to go on all the day. All you can yeah. eat. A five-star is actually a two-star. And again, look, these are the places that I love to go to. These are my go-to. Maybe not with the family anymore, but we can't go on holiday anyway this year. So Twins are self-isolating again for the third or fourth time. forgot forgot which one it is. But yeah, so I'll be watching from afar with jealousy. Again, Andrew, as you go on your seventh holiday in 18 months of lockdown. (laughs) There's no one else that I know who's... Been on holiday as much as you, even in a year, as in, not forget the year that we've had. Just in in this last year, I don't know anyone who's been on a holiday as much as you in a year, ever.
0: It's just timing, mate. It's just getting the timing right and understanding what you can and can't do by the legislation that we're living by. I'm going to Majorca, where there's a very nice part of the island. Actually, Love Island's on at the minute, isn't it? So I might go and... Oh, they did watch a bit of that. Might go and see if I can get in the villa. that They'd love to see uh, Derby out. Derby! On
4: that though, Andrew, on the holiday stuff, there's too yeah. much admin. Like I would definitely something's happening along the way. Like I struggle with even getting to America, like forgetting to fill in these forms, I have to fill it in before I get there. You, you, whatever it's called, an Esther or an Etna or whatever the form's called, ESTA, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> th- there's just it's just too much ad- like there's too much that could happen that could go wrong to me. So I just just don't bother going. There's just you zero
0: ambition doing? at the minute. Tell me. You just employed the nanny to do it for you, mate. She's oh,
4: an absolute star. Oh, is it the <laughs> nanny or Pablo?
0: Is it nanny or Pablo? Is Pablo back or not? No, Pablo's not back, but the no, the nanny's she's not coming on holiday. So uh, yeah, batting down the hatches, getting the pool, make sure there's a kids club. Um, it's a lovely brand new hotel. So uh, yeah, can't wait.
1: Jim, how was your weekend, mate? It looked like your house was flooding. Yeah, yeah. It was
4: uh, raining in Scotland. Of course it was. That's as interesting as my week has gone, just taking videos out of the window as Andrew books holidays to, calm down, calm down, all right, geez, all right, all right, to Menorca, (laughs) on Menorca, I'm watching the back garden flood wishing that I'd be Burberry jacket on and me Lacoste trainers, not that I'm stereotyping, that that's what, calm down, we're all chav, you're right, mate, (laughs) that that's what you need to wear to be a chav. But yeah, on my 21st birthday, our original is this, we all turned up as chavs to the Cov Collery Club where the radiators got ripped out and the cubicles got ripped down. And the theme was Berbere. So everyone had to wear Berbere. But it weren't Berbere, it was more Jerberry.
0: Jerberry, I like that, gerbery. Wherever you go on holiday, there's different levels, isn't there? So you go to the all abusive hotels where there's the all you can eat buffets, or you go the to all the nice all abusive. Line. All abusive, yeah. All, people call it all-inclusive. It's basically an all-abusive, isn't it? Just drink and eat as much as you can. I ain't going to one of them, let me tell you.
4: You go in for lobster and you're eating crab sticks, aren't you? That's what's happening.
0: Well, not crab sticks, really. I don't mm, lobster, fresh lobster. Mate, the no, but that's what I mean. No, no. But what I'm
4: saying is, like, you go in to the five star, which is actually a two star, and you say, "Can I have the lobster, please?" And the plate comes out, and you've got five crab sticks and a prawn that looks more like
0: a toenail. <laughs> mate, on I your don't plate. know what holidays. I don't know what holidays you've been going on, but they ain't the ones I go on,
1: mate. So uh, it'd be fun. Should we look at the rugby then? What'd you guys make? The Lions v Lions. I mean, I don't know whether my stream wasn't great, but it
4: looked a bit old school. From where I was watching, I'm, just, I'm having a down day, lads. I'm being pretty negative. Absolutely He's negative how, again. Here he yeah, is. How good, how good was Hamish Watson? Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because there's been such a big build-up to the Ruggers, right? Looking forward to it, and I'm struggling to digest it with no fans. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. because there's a war. Maybe there's these warm-up matches to the Test matches, and we or certainly me might feel different when the Test matches come around, if they
0: come around, if we even get that far with everything that's happening down there i th- i think the big thing with it right I, 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 let, let's just get to the meat and bones of it jim's a bit down it was great to see the first game in south africa like jim said weird to see the stadium empty and here's a, a little gripe from not a gripe i don't know if it's a gripe or whatever it is Go i on. reckon the, i reckon the warm-up games are going to be 50 60 points pretty much for every game um, because we've got to put it in context, right? South Africa as a nation haven't played, they played their first Test match since the World Cup final against Georgia on Friday night. So what they're then doing is they've got all those boys in camp. There's none of those boys going to play in any of the provincial games. Tom beat their best team. <laughs> <Yeah>. Andrew, <laughs> stop There it. you go. And are me down. Them, pulled their pants down. So it was a comfy victory, wasn't it? Like it was never in question. You want these games to be competitive, But with no fans and knowing full well the state of, and I don't say that to sound too harsh, but the state of the South African provincial teams at the minute, we're going to see a build-up to what is a three-match test series where the Lions should win these games by 50, 60 points, which means that actually it's pretty hard for Warren Gatlin to understand who to pick, how to pick, you know, combinations to make. I mean, everyone pretty much played well at the weekend only Owen foul didn't think played that well. Why well, been horrible Jim?
4: Well you just said it but I'll put my name to it as well. He didn't play well did he? He just doesn't look confident. I don't know what it is just doesn't look himself um, and I don't know what that is. Um, obviously Dan Bigger played really well in his first game. I uh, thought Finn looked really good in stages. Obviously trying to do the kick pass that's where the space is going to be against South Africa. And. You know, there was a few headlines out of the game. Faz missed a couple of tackles. It was horrible to Ali Price when he hit him on the short line three seconds after he should have <laughs> hit him. Like, I, but this is what it is, isn't it? Like these players, unfortunately, are there to be judged now by us, and they know that. Not just by us, by the people that matter, and that's the Lions coaches team. That's what you know. That's Warren Gatland. Some of these players have got one or two games to put themselves in the window to be picked for a test match. And like you just said there, ultimately, in games gone by or test matches gone by, it's been a test. Even with it not being a test match, the games have been difficult, and high pressure, fans, all these things. And it must be hard for some of the players. Some of the lads rocked up on tour and they're not form. So Owen Farrell's story is one of them. And he didn't play that well at the weekend. I think it was there to see. He missed a few tackles. The ball that went over the back, he kind of half pulled out of that. And unfortunately for him, that's just the situation that he finds himself in at the minute. Only he can deal with that how he wants to deal with it. And then on the flip side of that, Hamish Watson was unbelievable. You know, Josh Adams was unbelievable again. Courtney Laws was big as well, would not he? Yeah, Courtney
0: Courtney Laws I thought was really good. Jamie George.
4: Yeah, Jamie George was good.
0: one of the positives was our launch plays in attack, wasn't it? And it's really hard to judge. You got you saw one try when their defences were over the shop; They were just walking back, talking to each other, and then the lines go fast over the top. You know, there's a little play at the back of the line out and obviously we score a try. And it was kind of weird, wasn't it? Like it was too easy at times and then altitude kicked in a bit and there was a few boys sucking in the big ones. But yeah, there were some good performances. I thought Chris Harris played well. Yeah, little rubber yeah. kick he put in straight away for, for Zamit's try was was class. But he made loads of meters, made loads of tackles, he was everywhere. Um, you know, Hamish Watson's the big one. He was he was phenomenal. Like tell the pipes on him. He's literally pulling his shirt up and getting his guns out as much as he can because they're mahusiv. Like there's all these mugs out there going, oh, he's too small, he's this, he's that. Well, no, he's not. Like he is a proper baller, like he's hard to tackle, low centre of gravity, big pipes, carries well, carries strong into the tackle can be a noise and, and turnover ball. I thought both sides of the game for him as a seven, you generally kind of judged on turnovers and things like that as a seven. His link play and his actual ball carrying was, was phenomenal. So um, the, for me, Hamish Watson's the big player that stood out and said, I'm a test player. They're the
4: hard games to play in when you are a ball carrier because, or, you know, your physicality or you're in the forwards basically, because you've got to get through a load of work against a physical team, a big team. And it's, Gnarly in there, isn't it? It's like you've got to come around the corner. You know, you're picking and going. You're making tackles close to the breakdown, and to shine the way that he did, um, I thought. Like, I agree, he was man of the match. Like, obviously, he was. Like a lot of people said that, but he's put his hand up in what was a comfortable performance because I think in the lead up to that game, Tom Curry's arguably the guy with the jersey. You know, Hamish Watson is it a Sam Simmons on the bench, but. Hamish put his hand up. And, and this is the whole thing, like the you know the media narrative that gets built up, the lead up to the Lions where there was talk of Hamish Watson potentially not going, do you know what I mean? Like in the media when people are talking about it. So uh, him, his mullet looked on point, but tell his arms that. I mean, he's done what I've told him to do. He basically did what I did as a player. I said, mate, get the smallest jersey you can and you will look unbelievable like your mentor and we were messaging after the game I said what's the attitude like he said just like you Jim vice captain didn't flinch he didn't say that he said it was tough actually to play with the attitude
1: just going back to Owen Farrell because you guys have been talking about his form slump pretty much since the World Cup do you think there's any chance that he may drop out of the starting lineup
0: I don't want to be horrible a couple of the tackles, and then he goes and misses tackle. A couple of the early tackles, he's fucking upright swinging the shoulder again, isn't he?
4: It must be so hard for him, Goody. This is yeah. the thing, because it's his defence. And when you watch him, and when you watched him the week before, and again, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, you know, it's not easy tackling. Especially when he's that physical in the tackle. He's going down like he's going down like an aeroplane. Trying to t- Like, that isn't where he's comfortable, but it's in yeah. his head, isn't it? Like, it's in his head. Like, he goes high, he's thinking, oh... You know, I'm an inch away from being a high shot, and it's and then he's trying to go
0: low, and it's he's kind of n- neither here nor there. Yeah, it is tough, and I go back to kind of like my own experiences. And when I played at Wasps, um, I was awful. I couldn't bend over like my, my belly had hit the floor, and I wouldn't be able to bend down and go low to <laughs> that, attack. No,
4: <laughs> the reason you couldn't bend over was because
0: of the belly, because you, oh it, right, okay, it, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Were, it wouldn't allow you to. So Brad Davis, who was our defence coach at Wasps just said to me every day, just hit him with your tits, Goody. Just go high and try and lock on the ball, aim for the ball and try and create a maul to get the turnover. And that was my, you know, he knew I was never going to be physical, but that was how he got the best out of me as a defender. Now, obviously the game has moved on and Owen Farrell, his massive strength five years previously was belting people up top and hitting them hard where you could be a little bit borderline but now he must be going into tackles now, the first couple of tackles he's tried to stick the shoulder in you've got to be physical against the african team and i'm thinking geez and then he misses a couple where he's trying to go low because ultimately he's trying to change a behavior of it's a 15 year behavior isn't it and when you play at the top top level you can't be you know 10 off 5 percent off by thinking about a tackle because that's where you get done and that's where he did get done you know, the the outside break when he down the short side and you see the aggression in his face trying to get back because he knows he's tried to go low and got shrugged off. It's, it's hard for him. But let's not talk about negatives. Let's talk about the positives. Josh Adams, how good. And I love his interviews. He comes out and he said, oh, you know, I see myself like a bit of a striker. You're there to score tries. You're there to score goals as a striker. And, you know, he is a coach's dream, I think, in terms of his work rate. He doesn't make errors. You know, he's... Fucking hungry for the ball. He He's a big, powerful lad. He'll go doing the nitty-gritty, but also he's a good finisher.
4: He's like an 8 out of 10 every game. 8, yeah. 9 out of 10 every match, isn't he? Like, I've never seen him have a bad game. And he's listening to the podcast. I don't know whether he listens over there. He probably is. Hi, Josh. How you doing, mate? Uh, but he was asking <laughs> for us where we are in Lensbury. He listens to the podcast, and uh,
0: yeah. we're picking him up. I love him.
1: Do you think he could be a test starter?
0: Yes. Yeah, 100%. I, I think on form, you look at him... Obviously, you've got Lewis Reese Zammit and and, uh, Duan van der who have played. Watson, I think, is for me, it's going to probably boil down to a choice of trying to formulate a back three between Stuart Hogg, Liam Williams, Anthony Watson, and Josh Adams. You know, so do you move Liam Williams to the wing if you pick Stjog at fullback? That then takes up a wing slot where you then Anthony Watson or Josh Adams. I think Watson on form in the Six Nations was very good for England. One of the few players to, uh, you know, have a bit of credit in the bank there. Watson's
4: different, Goody, in terms of like beating defenders in traffic. Do you know what I mean? Looking for work. He's like a Jack Knoll, like as in in and around contact, off kickoffs, like them kind of things. That's where he really shines, where Josh Adams is just an out-and-out finisher, isn't
0: he? yeah. So it'd be interesting. Um, but right right now, if you're picking your test team, you'd start Josh Adams on the wing, I reckon, 100%.
1: And the team's been named for the game against the Sharks on Wednesday. Can we read anything into these team selections yet?
4: The weird one for me is that Bigger's playing again. Now, the other weird thing for me as well, that Ian Henderson is captain. Not that Ian Henderson shouldn't be captain. And again, it's easy to sit here because Goody's being sent or been sent some cakes by... Dan Bigger's lovely wife, uh, Bigger Cakes or roo Cakes or Kangaroo. I don't know what they are. But why is Dan Bigger not captain?
0: Hold on, you said last week the second row's got to be captain or someone odd. Oh, did I? Like, and, now, and, now, <laughs> and now Henderson's captain. Now Henderson's captain. He's like, why isn't roo captain? Is it because you want some cakes as well? Mrs. Bigger yes, is please. definitely our favourite. She's our favourite Bigger, the way she sends out the cakes. I absolutely love it. But, um, yeah, I mean... Henderson is, you know, the way Courtney Laws played. Could you play Courtney Laws in the second row with Maro? Maro told you he played well, so he's going to start in the test matches. But reading stuff into it, I don't even think Warren Gatlin's reading stuff into it yet. I think he did an interview saying they're not even sort of contemplating test selection yet. They're just going to see how the first few games unfold in terms of form and, you know, and combinations. And I think, obviously, bigger at 10, I don't, it's not surprised to me that he's starting again. Because, you know, you're on the tour, two of them played on Saturday so you either got to ask one of them to back up so it's natural that Bigger starts this game Um, I think you you read more into it in another week's time when combinations really start to to get pushed together you know Elliot Daly at 13 is an interesting one I think he looks better at 13 he came on and did really well didn't he and you know I've always said that's his best position Um, for me he's got to be in the match day 23 for the test matches because of his versatility, he gets into the match day 23 test matches. His left boot, all those other things that we've spoken about before, his credit in the bank from, you know, let's not forget the absolute humdinger penalties he nudged against New Zealand in that last test. Um, that sticks in Gatton's mind as well. But, you know, Bundyaki at 12, could you play Henshaw at 12 and Elliot Daly at 13 as a combination? Yeah, you know, Henshaw. I think for me, is starting in the centres in the in the test series as it stands. So, you know, you then look: do you play Henshaw at twelve, and could you play Elliot Daly at thirteen, or is it Bundiaki and Henshaw, even Harris at thirteen, and Henshaw at twelve, or Farrell at twelve and Henshaw at thirteen? They're the combinations that you're going to start to see in a week or so's time. But it's hard to read into it because everyone's just getting their first shout. You know, obviously Curry starts this week, Navidi starts, um, Simmons starts in the back row as well. You know, that it's their first games, isn't it?
1: Well the first test is only two and a half weeks away and the Springboks have finally played a test match warming up for the series with a game against Georgia at the weekend. We can find out how their first game since the 2019 World Cup went and get all the insight into how the Springboks are tracking with their legendary former captain John Smith. How are you mate? I was good mate, how are you going? Good thanks, thanks for coming on.
5: Pleasure, I'm locked into the only room where I don't my kids don't have access so hopefully we don't have any... Um... Uh, altercations with kids fighting or dogs barking.
4: I need a room like that, John. I need a room like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, uh, he says a room, but I've been to John's house. I know you've moved since, John. It was like a palace. So I reckon he's got his own house separate from the kids as well. He's got that much land and space. A
4: reserve.
5: What I will say, Goody, is that... This place that I live in here in South Africa is slightly larger than the one I had in St. Albans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't get goody started. Yeah, I'm talking about you're the one in Durban, but um, yeah, St. Albans was a
5: nice place as well, wasn't it? It was good, yeah. We had some good times there. I must say.
4: How weird? Well, we spoke when we were in Hong Kong when we connected, um, and now I see us as friends. And I mentioned to you when, when we were in Hong Kong the amount of times that I played against you. You'd never remember playing against me, but <laughs> we are friends now after connecting.
5: Are not best friends?
4: Well, I, I feel like we are best friends, yeah. Anyone who wins a World <laughs> Cup is my best friend.
5: <laughs> Got to be tight between myself and Sia for, best, for BFF, surely, Jim.
4: Yeah, but Sia, we weren't in Hong Kong together, so we connected, uh, but we didn't connect, you know, yeah. when we were there. But let's not talk about that. Let's just leave Hong Kong for the memories. Um, give us the lay of the land, mate, in South Africa, because a couple of lads I've spoken to, um, in South Africa a few months ago, we're like, oh no, it's, it's not too bad. It's kind of, th- you know, th- there's stuff going on, but it's it's not that bad. Fafta Klerk, we had him on the podcast as well. He'd been back, uh, I think, at some point, and or he'd spoken to family. It wasn't that bad, but my goodness me, it looks and sounds bad. What's the lay of the land?
5: Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I mean, I was I just come off watching a bit of Wimbledon, and you see the crowds there, and people had masks, and it's quite. It, I guess it's cool to see that it will eventually get there. <laughs> us Jim it's just really about our inability to vaccinate a- a fast enough so we're in the third wave now it, it is it, I suppose from a personal point of view first sort of wave second wave was I didn't know too many people that had got it or didn't definitely know anyone that had died of COVID this third wave seems to be a lot more real I don't know if it's the delta variant or whatever but it just seems to um make people uh gets a lot sicker um and, and we've, I mean, we're back to level four lockdown, which basically means you can't cross provincial borders. So it's, it's, yeah, when we sort of back to where we were like a year ago, um, we're on the 50 to 59 year olds that can register to vaccinate. So, but yeah, this third wave's definitely been a bit messier. I mean, it was just a few days ago, we had 24,000 infections in one day, which is the highest we've ever had. So following rules and lockdowns, that's becoming harder and harder. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a, It's pretty messy out there at the moment. So you must have
0: had your first job then, John. 50 to 59-year-olds, you, you're in for one <laughs> uh, <laughs> Skips,
5: come on, Skips, give it to me. <laughs> you are the same model as me, brother. So
2: you've
0: got to be careful i you've lived my age. <laughs> yeah, mate, I've aged. We've, well, I've aged really badly. So uh, Jim's lost all his air on top. He's just hiding that. Um, so I'm presuming restaurants are closed. I mean, it's, it's hard, isn't it, for, for the Lions boys. And like you played in the 09 series um, and skipped South Africa to victory then. And yeah, the, the difference between a Lions tour Twelve years ago, and and what it is at the minute, it's it, it must be really hard on South African people. It's really tough on Lions
5: fans. I feel for everyone, Goody. I think it's a stuff up for everyone. I mean, I, I've got Jamie George living a half an hour away away from me. I can't even go see the guy for a beer. I remember that. I mean, the, the Lions when they tour South Africa, they they get out into the rural areas, they develop the game, they, they get to grassroots, they go on safaris, they surf. You know, it's just it's just. It's it must be an amazing experience to do it normally. No, they're locked in a hotel room, as, as are the box, and um, you know waiting for the next positive case or, or you know, waiting to sort of play the next game. I mean, I never ever th- 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 yeah, thought I would ever say this, but if I. <laughs> I suppose this would be the only time I would ever look forward to a fitness session because you could get out of your room and go outside. <laughs> <laughs> but it is nothing good. I mean, it's just – there's no Red Army. I mean, our restaurants are all closed in Level 4 anyway, but I'll never forget that first test in in 2009. The, the Red Army emptied Durban. There wasn't a beer left in the town by 2 o'clock in the morning. All of those experiences that make a Lions series just are, are not there. It's – you know, it's just, it's going to be in this eerie, empty stadium. And the only thing that, that is to play for is is the results. And and I think that these series are so much more than just the results, even though that's all we all talk about. But it's so much more than just the rugby.
4: Just on the other negative, Lou Diego, Um, as, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure that's to keep players' name secret, but his name is out there that he's got COVID. Obviously, we hope he's okay. But how difficult is it, is it now? The fact that it is rife in South Africa. Lads are coming from different areas. The Lions are in this tight bubble where they cannot leave their rooms. Apparently, um, like how's the South African team dealing with, with it? With players coming in, and obviously, you know w- whether they've been out and about seeing family or are they, are they locked down? Is it is it is it watertight?
5: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's 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 quite bizarre that uh, Lewis tested positive because as they are in. I mean, just the Sharks team alone, Jim. They've been in a bubble, living in a hotel for the last eight days, just to play this game on Wednesday night. You know, so and there's obviously PCR tests being done every day and that. So I am quite surprised that uh, that that he has tested positive. It must have been something that that he, he got before the bubble. I don't I, I don't know. It's, it's I got the best advice I got about COVID was from my doctor. Um, I got COVID about. Two months ago and uh, getting up in my medical afterwards, the doctor said, look, if there's there's no doctor in the world that can actually tell you that he knows what's going on. And, and that's the thing, it's so unpredictable. So um, it's not ideal. That I mean, he's fighting time from an injury point of view. So this sort of puts him in doubt." Now we've got to see whether or not he's infected him around him. I mean, it's just—it's a disaster. I mean, I'm watching these players locked up in hotel rooms playing Jenga. I love a game. It's not <laughs> natural. Yeah, you know, Jenga should involve at least a couple of pints of beer. There should be penalties. They can't even do that.
1: Given what's going on at the moment, is there any part of you that thinks that maybe it would have been a good idea to have it in in the UK?
5: Uh I do think so. I think that it would have, I mean, look, you know, I'll never forget running out in Durban. I felt like I was running out of Twickenham. It was just, it was, it took me by surprise, to be fair. I thought I'd get some comfort out of running out of my home, home stadium, but it was just the most intense roar from this, this red army. Um, You just, you can never plan uh, around the, the third wave coming at this time. And, you know, yeah, it probably were positives. If we look at what's happening with sport and uh, in, the, in football and tennis, and what's happening over there your side, yeah, they, they probably would have been merit to try and make a, a better plan. But um, the commercial complexities of of a series like this are far-reaching um, that we just we would never be able to understand in totality. So they're here. Um, we just need to make sure that we make it work, and that these are three incredible test matches.
0: Yeah, there will be, there will be. And Luke Diaga's obviously picked up uh COVID. The French boys in the Six Nations went out for waffles and broke the bubble and all this stuff. Has he been for waffles? That's all I need to know. Has he been <laughs> for waffles somewhere? And he, it looking up? at him, he eats waffles, I think. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype a man,
4: but he looks like he would eat a waffle or ten.
5: <laughs> oh man, I'm just glad I don't have to break out for a waffle. Um yeah, but, but I, I um I've actually I mean I've I've seen some of these protocols. You've literally got to be Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible to get a waffle on the sly. It is, it's tough. But I you know, I mean, how 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 tight can you make a bubble? I mean, you stay in the same hotel, there's still people cooking and there's still people cleaning, and there's you know, there's still people at the hotel, there's staff. As horrible as it is to talk about it, I'm just very glad that you know I, I don't have to apply my trade as a professional sportsman in this day and age. It's just it's just the same. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine having gym every single day.
0: <laughs> I do get it most days, to be fair, and it's, it's hard work.
4: It will be like the kids fighting over Jenga bricks, though, wouldn't it? You know, when the kids, like, as in who's knocked over the tower, that's as banterful as it will get, like, as in a full-on scrap over who's knocked over the Jenga Tower I mean it's yeah I, I can't imagine I mean look you know the fact that they're there and they're healthy and all these things I suppose there are some positives and as I said like the, the Premiership and um, the Six Nations with no fans uh, was brilliant Do you know what I mean I know the Premiership had some fans towards the end but I think we're all building and hope that we get up to these test matches um, where are they going to be played John there's talk of them all being in Cape Town can you see a couple of them being in Joburg as planned I mean you're the oracle here hit us. I,
5: I, I, look, I, I do sit on the council for SRB as well. so um, And there's been no talk about any changes. And I think why there hasn't been, and we've actually got a council meeting tomorrow, but why there hasn't been talk about it, I think is purely because of the logistical nightmare is and the cost there is involved in creating a bubble. Whether that bubble now being compromised by Ludyaga uh, makes a change. I think what happened was in the first wave or two, Kharting actually wasn't as badly affected as all the others. I mean, the others, Eastern Cape, Western Cape, they got hit really, really hard. So there's almost it almost feels like there's a sort of a a better herd immunity type of vibe going on outside of Kharting, and now Kharting is like the sort of mothership of COVID nineteen in South Africa. So I think that's probably the thinking behind moving more of the games to the Cape, but the cost involved in recreating a bubble for for all of the teams involved. Because remember, it's it's the, the provincial and franchise teams that have to stay in a bubble outside of their own town, as well as just the Springboks who are already in a bubble. So it's it's three camps. And so to change three camps you know, um, on short notice is going to be a massive issue.
0: Let's talk all about ruggers then, because obviously with the South Africans, they've played one test match on Friday night. Um, against Georgia the first time since they played in the World Cup um, uh, how difficult is it for them as well not only coping with this bubble scenario but the fact they haven't played for a couple of years really together there's been a change at the top is Razi Erasmus? is he still a bit hands-on although his role's changed are going to see many changes or is it going to be much of the same of, of what we saw at the World Cup that was so successful
5: I do not think you'll see much difference uh, it'll be the same approach the same strategy the culture's the same Jacques is has been with with Rossi for the last good part of a decade. Um, Their philosophies go hand in hand. In in fact, I would say Jacques is probably, you know, he's a a disciple of sort of Rossi's way and and the culture that's created and how you play. They're both extremely dedicated to work off the field and um, doing the homework and analysis and stats. And they, they really are... They put in a huge amount of the entire, entire coaching staff. I can tell you, I don't think those guys go for too many coffees and beers because there's just a huge amount of work that they're always putting in to make sure that the players have got everything. Um, the good part about it is that they haven't played in over 600 days. They they, they've been unbeaten. They haven't had they haven't had the chance to you know, rest on their laurels as world champions. They have literally come out of winning a World Cup two years ago into the biggest test series that there still is in the modern game. And so the intensity and the importance of that, I think, is is certainly hit home. And uh they, they won't deviate much from how they play. Uh, I think we saw, I mean, this last Friday against Georgia, you know, I mean you you're not ever gonna get too many surprises from playing a Springback team, but it was just incredible. Nothing to the nothing to the poles, everything to the corner, every drive the same, only two variations as to where they threw the ball for the drive, try to take as many scrums as they could. It was a glorified training game that they just played to get themselves back into some kind of rhythm. The defense, you know, was obviously big around, but you know, you, you could see nothing, so you don't know whether they're going to change anything, but the chances are they don't have enough time, and they've got a group that's that's one that's still young enough to be able to compete that won the World Cup two years ago. So um you've had a way more exposure at a test level, which is an intensity thing. And that, I think, will be the difference between whether or not the Springboks can bring that intensity, that physicality that they're so, so renowned for, whether they can manufacture that after two warm games against Georgia. Give nothing away, lads. Give nothing away. Um, <laughs> well, I love the fact everyone accuses us of holding things back. But I mean, honestly, if you can't analyze the Springbok team over the last 100 years, you need to find a different sport. <laughs>
4: Route one China. Sure. Um you can't say China. Um John, let me just uh, <laughs> make, talk about Sia Khaleesi. Um I was watching something on Super Sport now. I don't know whether there's a narrative in South Africa. And the question marks over Sia's form and Sia's fitness or not.
5: Sia's gonna be under the spotlight. Yeah, you know, if you're wearing that captain's armband, you're under the spotlight. And he's you know, he, he was probably under the pump from a form point of view about a year ago playing for Western province. And they were, you know, the team wasn't performing well and, and, and he wasn't um, quite where he should be. Uh, I, th- I think it had a lot to do obviously with his, his, his conditioning as well. And um, the best thing he could have done was move to the sharks. You know, they, they kept him out of the game for like two and a half months, absolutely smoked him with S coaches and training and conditioning
4: is that because he was living the high life or not? Because he's a bit of a rock star or not, or is it just naturally no, he's, he's, he's it's
5: he, I mean, look, he's definitely not the kind of guy that's just going to let himself go. But I do think that his life got busier than he ever thought it would be as a, as a world cup winning captain and the first black African captain to lift the trade for South Africa. So I think he's, he, he got a shock in terms of just how much attention he was getting, but um, you know, it's difficult. I mean, he was one of, Dozens of rugby players who got it wrong. I mean, some blokes picked up 15 kilograms in COVID, in the lockdown.
4: Good, he's not flinching. Look at it. Mate, he's shaking not, not flinching at that. That's, that's, that's a
5: couple of months, mate. <laughs> I don't know about a year. That's 15, fucking easy. 15 kilos. That's like, For me, that's about three weeks of just sitting back, you know, so averaging five a week. So uh, he, he just got up. He, he sort of reset, got started again, and um, he's been getting better and better every week. So, yeah. About a year ago, I think there were some murmurs, and and um, but he's definitely got himself back on track. And he's best when he's got ball in hand and he's making big tackles. And he's a he's a work rate guy as well, so he needs to be involved. And uh, he wasn't getting as involved as he normally did a year ago, but uh, he's, he's been getting better every week.
4: Good, because he's my fourth. He's my fourth favorite so Springbok. Is my fourth favorite.
5: <laughs> fourth, Jim. What's
0: the list then? Who's number one? Give it to me, John Smith,
4: because we connected Skets. in Hong Kong. Um, then I would go. Eben
0: Ezebeth. Yeah, he filled you in.
4: Yeah, Eben's too, but we've been messaging. Eben was messaging me in, me- in bed, which was weird, but I liked it. Uh, <laughs> Scott Berger, because we lay for hours on the mats at Saracens with a foam roller in our hands, just laughing and giggling about nothing. The fact that we weren't training. And then obviously goes down to Sia Khaleesi because it's Sia Khaleesi, effectively. And chasing Colby be up there as well, because he's just just unbelievable.
0: Uh, let's go back to the, the memories of 09 then, Barney, because... Um ultimately that you know apart from winning the world cup you said it earlier it's the next biggest kind of test series and for a south african and australian or a New Zealander to beat the lions in a series and skipper the lions must be up there with you know just after winning the world cup how good was it
5: it's a, it's a, it's a massive thing yeah. every 12 years and you know it sort of hit home when we had the um, quite a few of the squad from 97 the buck team that that lost the series 12 years ago Come and address us and chat to us and just just to the thing i hit home there was like they were world champions. They had the same opportunity to try and leave a legacy of going back to back with the World Cup and Lions series. And um their regret and their um disappointment of, of you only get one chance. I mean and it doesn't sink in until you until you actually in that position you think okay a couple of us had come back from overseas Monty myself Victor We'd, uh, you know, we come to be a part of history, really, because Peter De Villiers was the first coach of colour, and uh, he asked us to to come back and and sort of fight the cause and and keep Springbok rugby going well and and try and 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 try and bring this series home. So the motivation was massive, but then to hear it from someone who's who's been there, burn, you can hear that deep burning sensation of emotion their in their voice when they talk about how it got away from them and they lost the series two one. So. That, that, that sort of struck home. Running out, like I mentioned in, at uh, Kings Park, uh, to that sea of red and that noise, that was something to behold. And um, the intensity of the matches. I mean, and I know this sounds this is always cliche, because you know the Springboks are always physical and theirs, but uh, oh, that second Test match in Pretoria was the most physical game I've ever played. Now your your, your body always hurts to a degree, but that was just it was a roller of emotion and. And, 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 and the sort of scoreline and the hits and the pace of the game. So that that test match goes down. It's probably the, the most enjoyable that I've been a part of.
4: Was there anyone that frightened you in the lead up to that? Because I suppose, and that brings me on to the next question around this squad when you look at the profile of the team and everything that was said around Alwyn jones i know he's injured now but you know he'd, he'd be in his getting off the plane with a zimmer frame he's that old and uh and can't do it anymore but in, in 2009 when that lions team came down was there anyone that because i suppose not when you're scared but you, when you know at front were you like yeah when i was up against bacchus Botha, you know it made me rise to the challenge and just outperform the man <laughs> week on week but was was there anyone
5: I mean, the thing that sort of doubled up on my nervousness for that and the anxiety for that—it wasn't just being captain, but I'd I'd moved to Taitet for the first time in in ages, so I was playing out of position, and uh, Andy Sheridan had just beaten us up so many times, like in a scrum for England against Africa, and I and I'll be honest with you, there was a degree, there was a, a, a large part of me that was relieved when the first test team was announced and and, and Sheridan wasn't starting at loosehead because it's it sort of felt like that would have been you know, a much tougher task for me to face. So I, I had my eye on him and then um, Shosie was also, you know, shosie has been an incredibly influential line. You know, he's, he just seems to bring something different to a, t- a pack of forwards. And uh, so when they left him out as well, the first test, there was also, you know, pretty, a, a pretty big relief as well. So, but you know, every single, Thing about the lions is is around, uh, and, and that's the thing. It's about rhythm. How fast can the lions find a rhythm that suits them to get success? And, and they actually started picking up some of that rhythm in that first test in Durban. And how 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 quickly can the home team uh, of either South Africa, New Zealand, or Australia get ahead and try and get that first sort of test win? Because that really is what the ser- series I think hinges on is is whether whether or not South Africa can win that first test. Because to go one down. Uh, against a team that's only going to get better as the series unfolds, as, as history's shown, is uh, is pretty tricky. The other thing is, these these boys from the north are are playing against, and I and I say with respect, but really really watered down franchise and provincial teams. I mean, there's forty eight guys in the box squad. You know, that's there's, that's there's, there's more than two teams. The sort of the, the forty eight best players are out of the midweek games, and so. Mm. Like you said, there's a, there's not really an opportunity for any of those old-school midweek games to sort of beat up the Lions and sort of, you know, ruffle their feathers. We've we've got just babies out there playing in these provincial games, and you saw just how easy it was in their first to hit out against the Lions. So they won't get a as much as they probably should out of these midweek games, and, and we won't be able to really see much either because, you know, it's just there's 48 of the best players that are in a, in a springback bubble that can't play for their franchises.
4: Anyone in this lion squad? You like the look of? Is there anyone that in in the media down in South Africa that they're worried about? Like maruatoji for example. We said that to Ebenet Sabath, and he, he he just he didn't flinch. Of course, he didn't.
5: I think there's a couple actually. Um, a lot of the talk here, Jim, is is really around, uh, and it's almost like a carbon copy of of what happened in um, where it was all based on the fact that the Lions were going to absolutely just destroy us in the scrum because I was playing out of position and Beast was a youngster. And a lot of the talk is around who, who they're going to choose in, in the in the front row, especially on the, on, the, on the loose head.
4: No one here has spoken about who's going to be starting loose head or up front, really. It's all around the wingers. It's all around 10. It's all around the centre. No one is speaking about who the loose head will be. Isn't it like it just shows you the contrast, eh? And maybe... That's to our demise, maybe.
5: Well, look, I think it's um, it's it's going to be a massive factor. I don't think that we'll see the kind of result that South Africa were able to get in, in Tokyo against an English pack. I mean, Sinkler going down early, I mean, you can't really plan for that. Um, but there, a lot of the talk is around what's going to happen up front. Uh, and you can see just from what South Africa did on Friday with Georgia, what their focus is currently. You know, they're going in stages and the first box to tick is set-piece line-out drives, being able to drive and obviously stop the drive, um, but it's—I mean, I'm trying to think. If I was Gatlin, it's going to be tricky to pick. I mean, actually, look—that Lions backline looked pretty sleek with Finn Russell at ten, um, this, you know, this, in this first outing. So um, then you've got the problem of your back three. You've got so many good wingers and and two fullbacks in 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 that are really in top form. It's just it's it's tough. I mean, I think Gatlin's got a tougher job selecting and giving selection right, the balance right for the kind of team that he knows will be able to beat South Africa. Whereas Jacques Linaba and Rasi uh, are probably are probably going to try and get as close to that that team from Tokyo two years ago as possible.
0: I love the way that John's just talking about scrums and it's all about set piece. I'm about to run through that wall. <laughs> Jim's nodding <laughs> yeah. and we're just thinking about how many finishes we got on the edge. So uh, it's just the, the the contrast is stark, isn't it? What's meat and drink to South African boys is set piece, hard running, simple rugby, and it, but it's damn hard to stop, isn't it?
5: It's you, you could spend. A large part of your time thinking about who the most exciting finisher is on left or right wing, and but South Africans make every single ruck. They make it a nightmare. There's there's no ruck where you just send one guy in and it's quick ball. Damien Vilimsa, who was he he came off the bench and he's a, a skinny little running at twelve at the, at the time, but he's counter rucking tight five guys. And he's just, every ruck is an absolute irritation and frustration and you can't, you can't not acknowledge that. So you then have to add another number and every number you add to try and get a ball back means that there's just less chance and there's less fastball coming to these guys that you're spending hours and hours thinking about how they're going to finish in the corner. So it's, we're a horrible team to play because you just don't get any free rucks. You've got to work for every single quick ball and, I don't think I I, can, I haven't seen a team get three quick, fast phase balls in a row for for quite some time, and that's the the difficulty about trying to play an attacking brand of rugby against Africa. Is because to play an attacking game, you've got to have width and numbers. And to have those numbers, you can't afford to send three, four guys into every ruck.
0: All I want to know is is Morne Steyn kicking the winner again because that's a renaissance that you wouldn't believe in it. The fact that he's back in the mix.
5: Look, I think he's a far way off starting at ten. Um, in fact, I don't even think he's he's probably in that twenty-three. Um, but I can tell you this: if he, if if Andre, you know, if something has to happen to Andre and he, and he wasn't able to play, I would not be surprised to see him starting a test at ten. And I think that's really what he's there for. He's there to sort of explain to these these boys, him and Francie, what a alliance series is like because it's different. It's different to anything that you're used to. So, but it would be an unbelievable story. I mean, I mean, I I was being, obviously we've seen a lot of this footage in 09 um, on the telly, and every time you know I see that crazy uh, penalty with with Agara taking out his, uh, for his legs. And and I watch the kick. I still get nervous, thinking. You know, imagine if you'd missed it. You know, it would have been a lost <laughs> test series. But I get nervous watching games that I know the results of. But I mean, it was just the most intense test match ever.
1: Thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been awesome. Um, hopefully, the hopefully you can get out of your bubble at some point and uh, enjoy the enjoy the rugby. But uh, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure, boys. Always good chatting. Cheers, Cheers John.
5: Barney. Top man
4: also when you do a video message to the lad you know as captain from the last talk and you just tag on the end jim says hi just you know so when you give them an arousing speech <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs>
0: thanks mate top man cheers me
2: this episode is brought to you by hotels.com if you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel we're all over the place sometimes you know we're in florida we'll be in new york you want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side. So you can see prices amenities and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app today.
3: This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time and the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Top, top,
0: top lad. Yeah, yeah. that is my skip off. Mate, like, that is my skipper right there. Mine too. You said it yourself, Jim. You were ready to run through the brick wall. But uh, yeah, what a lovely bloke. Um, you know, he's won everything there is to win the game. He's so down to earth as well. Uh, and he's held in such high esteem in South Africa. So uh, I love my time at the Sharks playing underneath it. He's won the World Cup in 07. Then he beat the Lions in 09. And then six months later, Armies fly off. I mean, how, how do you go back up from the depths of winning the series against the Lions then looking over and Armies fly off for the Sharks just embarrassing for him poor bloke
4: how your story is so different to mine and I didn't want to open him up on it because he might not have remembered it but this is my truth in Hong Kong he is drinking Das Booty Scooton that I have had on for three days solid, <laughs> and he is drinking it in Joe Bananas. I am screaming, "That's is the Booty scooter. The place is erupting, thinking I'm an absolute legend, and he's buffaloed it, lads. He's buffaloed the Das Booty Scooter. and he's gone again. He has gone again, and I was like, "I am your captain now, and you are now my vice captain, and you have earned <laughs> the right for us to stay here and dance all night." <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a lovely bloke. Yeah, he's a top boy. The Lions and South Africa weren't the only international teams in action on the weekend. A pretty strong-looking island side took on Japan and Dublin. It was close, wasn't it, lads? Squeaky bums. It was squeaky. Um, Japan, second-favorite team. They're a joy
4: to watch. They're, and we saw in the second half against the Lions, and they haven't played since the World Cup. And the second half, they peeled back, and they, they looked really good. And I was worried for Ireland in the lead-up to that game attack their contact skills uh, the way they clean breakdowns this is the thing after the world cup in in 2019 and again because the world has been how it's been i was most excited to for the japan team to, to step up to the next level whether that be in the championship there was talking the six nations do you know what i mean all these things about trying to get japan in one of these big competitions but i love watching them play and it was tough for Ireland as well. They're missing, obviously, the backbone of their best players. Uh, the whole narrative around James Ryan, was he going to be fit because it was taught that he didn't go on the Lions tour because he wasn't fit. And then he was fit and then he was captain. Um, I mean, Ryan Beard, I thought was
0: outstanding. Well, I thought it was a decent ding-dong, wasn't it? Both teams put width on it at the, at the right times and there, there were a few errors, of course there were. But that's the thing you say about Japan and you go back. How mad is it? 2019 World Cup, Japan, who spanked Scotland... They beat Ireland, you know, they get to the quarters. Um, You need them to be on a platform, Japan, where they can continue to improve um, and play in a legitimate top tier tournament, which, you know, there's only two in the world um, internationally. And that's obviously the rugby championship and the Six Nations. So where do they sit? But they're an exciting team to watch, aren't they? You know, some of the players that have come over here in the Northern Hemisphere as well, their class. And I love the way they play. Like it is the intensity they attack with and, you know, the effort that they're putting in. It's a whole different level to, you know, where other teams previously have been. So um, hopefully they can continue to grow and they'll constantly be a threat at World Cup time, but they do need something in between a decent level competition to to try and improve themselves even better.
4: How good was it to see Kale and the old Doris, back as well? He can't be far away
1: from the Lions if there's an injury. And Gertie, what do you make of England's performance against the USA on Independence Day? Independence Day, eh? how good. Um,
0: yeah, it's it was really good to see. 12 new caps, you know, some of the names aren't household names to a lot of the England fans because let's not forget England fans don't necessarily all support the club teams it's you get the fans that just come out for test matches and six nations and autumn internationals so seeing some of the young lads come through some of the debuts um you know, obviously Marcus Smith is a big name Harry Randall starts and gets man of the match on debut um some real exciting talent yeah we started the game really well Joe Cock and the singer and the seagar call him what you will you know he looks to the man of born in terms of an international winger, when he's got the ball in space. He's had a few injuries since the World Cup, but he's bounced back. Um, Do you think he
4: can kick on? Because in terms of his profile, and I mean that in size, as opposed to social media following, like you think he is, and again, you get these comparables to Jonah Lomu and Julian Surveyor and and these kind of big, powerful wingers. I've not seen enough of him yet to be like, right, he can kick on. It looks like he's got all the attributes, but... How bad does he want it? that's and i am not questioning that i'm I'm asking the question in terms well, yeah, of... He,
0: he, I get you what you say he's looking quite young for isn't work, he? yeah, he's quite young um you know he he's burst onto the scene as this big unit that you know he went to the twenty nineteen world Cup and he was a left field kind of selection wasn't he then he's come back from the World cup and he's had a load of injuries uh on the off the back of that, so we know he's got the x factor because of his size and his power and his and his speed through contact but you've got to be at the top level week in, week out, which international wingers are, because you get exposed quickly. You know, we lost the second half, 26-17. Um, I said it before the game. like the look of the England squad. Young, exciting. I tweeted about it. But Eddie Jones, why are you going to 6-2 bench against USA? Like, 6-2 benches, for me, are so archaic and so backwards thinking, oh, it's going to be a really tough forward orientated. Just have 5-3. You need... You, he's gone into the an international game with Jacob Umunger and Dan Robson on the bench, covering the whole of the back line. Maybe John Smith got in his ear and forwards, old school. But if you're playing South Africa, you can you can make a case for going 6-2 on the bench. you play playing the USA. But yeah, it was, you know, hopefully we have another big performance next week against Canada. And then Eddie Jones has got some real selection issues because he's talked about he needs to change the squad now because of where they were in the Six Nations to regenerate it pre-World Cup. And... You know the likes of Harry Randall, Marcus Smith—they're the boys that are doing it week in, week out in the prem, and you know we want to see more of them in an international jerseys. So uh, it was positive with work ons.
1: Well, we can have a chat now with a man who not only made his England debut at the weekend but also captained them. Gloucester and England captain Lewis Ludlow joins us. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank
4: you. Thank you very much for having me. Is it been a bit of a whirlwind or not? How's it been the build up? Because. I'm obviously a Gloucester fan because my uncle Hamish said I'm one of the greatest Gloucester captains to have ever done it. So I keep an eye on the... <laughs> yeah, goody's face. I keep an eye on the team. So I've been watching um, your kind of evolution and I kind of felt that you're always good enough to make, make that next step. But could you have been a player that might not have made that next step because there are so many bat rows in your position? I'm just glad personally that you've been recognised um and also as Skips as well. Why
0: are you being horrible? It's the best weekend of his life and you're being horrible. I know.
4: Yeah, but that's what I mean. I'm building <laughs> it up. I'm, I'm, I'm building it up because it's like I've known uh young Lewis since he was a young lad. Do you know what I mean? I'm watching you from afar, watching you do it and and, and not just doing the job but like carving up and then watching you with a white shirt at the weekend. It was a proud moment for me as well. I've been <laughs> part of the journey, mate. But How was it? It's not about me, it's about you.
6: It was mad. It was it was completely mental, like the whole, the whole thing. When I got asked to Captain England A last week, that was like a huge honour for me, like being able to just get that going. And obviously, unfortunately, the game got cancelled. But then this week, when it was like, oh, you're going to be doing this. And then I got told that I was like the fifth person to ever do it and stuff like that. It was all just... I was sitting in bed last night just thinking, as this actually happened, like, look at my cap and my shirt. And I was just like, this is, like you say, there's so many back rowers out there that you could probably name 20 back rowers on their own that could all play for England at the moment. Um, So to be recognised as one of those, it was, yeah, it was a huge, huge day for me yesterday.
0: Yeah, it was massive, mate. And, you know, to get it on your debut as well is, is even bigger. I think Nigel Melville was the last guy in 1984. Yeah, yeah. Was that the year you were born, Jim, 1984?
4: Let's just say it was. I'll be happy to put my name to that.
0: (laughs) Tell us about the conversation with Eddie then, because we know Eddie's a bit of a character. We know actually that he winds some of the boys up as well at times and and has them on hook a little bit. How did the conversations go when he named you as captain?
6: I was actually, um, we got sent home the Sunday after the the Scotland game. We had like an internal game on a Saturday um, and then sent home for the day, which was quite nice. Um, I was just out for breakfast with my my missus and, and kid. And he rang me up and was like, I'm, I'm thinking of doing this. And I was like, just couldn't like speak, couldn't finish my breakfast, was completely gobsmacked. Um, but it's always like, you know, it's never, obviously nothing's ever guaranteed in rugby. You guys know what it's like. You've, you've still got to train well enough that week in order to get in the actual team yourself. You know, we're up here with six back rowers that could all, all play in that team. It's still a huge amount of pressure and you have to then sort of put that to side and, and be the leader as well. That, you know, there's not many leaders up here. Um, We've actually got a real, quite a cool leadership group between us up here and we've tried to make things a bit different we've had you know quizzes every week we're trying to go out for food and stuff as as much as we can with the, the COVID situation but we just tried to be like a real cool environment with everyone's enjoying each other's company I think it's gone really
1: well
4: Yeah absolutely and it's not I mean let's just talk about the quality of Bat Row just to name some obviously Tom Curry's brother Ben Sam Underhill obviously Don Brandt Kenningham um, Lewis Ludlam and obviously yourself in that mix as well what kind of captain are you around these people? Because you look at like Sam Underhill, for example, and the experience that he's got and he can't have been that far away from the Lions. Is it a case of when you get named as captain, it's like, right, you, you've just got to be yourself. You you try and up your game a little bit more. Like, What kind of a captain are you?
6: I try and leave from the front. Like, I try and, I won't ask anyone to do anything if I don't think I can do it. You know, if I try and get my game sorted. If I'm working my hardest and you know things are going well for me, then hopefully that works for the team. And I think something I have learned is to be, just to be calm in certain situations. You know, you have people in your team that are, are good at the emotional stuff and there's times when I get emotional and stuff like that but then there's also times where you have to be that sort of level-headedness which I definitely didn't have earlier on in my career um, but that's that's probably there now and then just just try and have as much, as much control over the team as possible but not just yourself. Try and have the right generals in the right places. You know, on, on Saturday we had the likes of Ellis, Sladey, Marcus Smith all doing their different parts on the pitch so, it made captaining quite easy, to be fair. You know, when you've got guys like that around you, um, the actual decision-making and stuff becomes quite easy.
0: I love what you said then, because you've obviously learned the hard way from being captain by Jim Hamilton. You're basically doing the opposite of what he did, because <laughs> uh, you said lead from the front, and, and you know, don't ask other people what you wouldn't do yourself jim was like lads i can't catch i can't pass can you make all the passes and catches and all that sort of stuff so i can't train
6: there's no more left in the well i remember those conversations
0: (laughs) it's a well-trodden path hearing about jim's career isn't it um and you kind of learn what not to do so um jim you've played a valuable part in lewis's sort of growth into being england captain um what was Jim like as a captain? That's what I need to know. Because, I mean, how bad was he? Come on, just spill the beans. No, no,
6: he, I still remember my, my first day, he actually took a swing at me. So, I, I still remember that. as
0: Fucking hell, Jim. Horrible. As,
6: <laughs> I, was, I remember it going, as well. We were playing the con games and the loser had to go on, on the famous Hartbury Hill, which was obviously minging. And I didn't want to lose. The very competitive person pulled Jim's bib back. As he did that, this very, very long left lever came towards me. Um, I think I ducked out of the way of it to be fair and then Jim apologised in the ice
4: bath after which was quite nice there you go so I, well I, I just lead just leading from the front all I know you, you failed to mention Lewis the build up that was the, the, the line that was going to win the try for my team
6: it was a winning line yeah it <laughs> no, was an
4: unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable line let's be honest but they missed you out they missed you out did they Jim well it was a line well, I, well exactly I run at the youngest lad in the team which was Lewis um, <laughs> let's just talk about your apprenticeship at Gloucester it's a team that obviously it's close to my heart me and goody've had many chats on here about the kind of story that the club has gone through the ups and downs probably more downs than ups. it seems now there's a real balance across the squad the energy um you know the vibe the new training ground that 's going in obviously my best mate the slug's now the team manager and add into that. <laughs> But what's it like? Because, I mean, you've been there from a young lad. Like, when you were there, there, there was high points that like we finished second, shoulda, have, coulda, have, woulda have beaten Saracens in the semis if it wasn't for the ref. Um, you know, yeah. then we lose the coaches and, you know, then a new set of coaches come in. We think under Johan you know, and everything's going well and then it's not, then he leaves and then, you know, Sips leaves and all of a sudden it's kind of like a load of pieces to pick up, which seems to, they seem to have been picked up now.
6: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, the last year has been... Has been pretty mental you know to go for everything from i think it was 15 players we lost all the coaches went um and then for everyone to come in and change and i think just credit to the the players that are still there now and were there this year and, and the coaching staff that came in the way that everyone just you know it could have quite easily been you know down tools we'll set this off or we'll you know we're going to go in our different directions but everyone really brought into it you know I, I was shocked when when skibs announced me as captain to everyone and it was just like we're going to do this sort of this way. And if you don't like it, then you're going to go. And to be fair, 99% of people I've said, yeah, I'm on, I'm on this train. I, I fancy going where this is going, you know? Um, and then that's all you know, culminating in what, what Brownie's done behind the scenes. You know, you know Brownie himself real well, like, you know, he doesn't do anything unless it's the right thing to do. So the, the, the way the new training base is going, the signs we're making, all that sort of stuff, it's, I think it's only a positive thing for Gloucester now and and you know, we, we could we could and should get go a lot further at the table in, in years to come.
0: It's a crazy season really for you, isn't it? I mean, perhaps not crazy in the sense of believing in yourself, but you, you get named Gloucester captain and like you said, then it was a bit of a surprise to you. Uh, and then obviously England captain but that's a testament to you yourself and what you bring into an environment and and how you carry yourself and perform on the field so an outsider like myself now I'm looking at it going well he's captain England last week he's definitely captain again this week and playing well as is Eddie keeping you on your toes is have you been confirmed as captain again this week is it
6: no no yeah nothing's nothing's been confirmed we've you know we've got a short turnaround so we only got um Tuesday Wednesday training so Two, two big double days for us and he just said in the team meeting then to be fair that from the end of our, our game training last week to team selection he made five changes so you know it's it's that type of thing that you're never quite confirmed you never as you know you, each training session you've got to be in there and we spoke about it then I spoke about it at the end of the meeting you know, you've got to be in the moment this week in training this is the last week of the season for us boys that have, have done pretty much a double season be in the moment for this last five days and then you go out there and you know what will be will be the selection is one man's opinion. You can't change that, but you, you can change how you react around players, how you react around the squad, around the bubble, etc. Um, if you put you know put your best foot forward, be in that moment for the last five days, and you will have a good week.
4: Independence day last week. Um, did Eddie Jones have anything for you, that l- lads, lined up to keep you entertained in the bubble? Because I think I spoke to Hamish, Watson before he, he went, you know, like all these guys. What is it like? I mean, are you in a room by yourself? Is there?
6: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all, it's all individual rooms. And then where we've been, we've been at three different hotels. Um, so like each hotel I've had sort of bits cordoned off for you, but it's, it's like, it's more difficult. For example, like obviously boys want to use a spa and stuff to recover. We have to do it at certain times of the day when they're all blocked off and there's no interaction with other people in the hotel. And, you've got to fill in a rugby app every morning to make sure that you haven't got COVID before you leave your room or, or any suspicious COVID stuff. And, you know, it's not that usual rugby environment of a tour for it. You know, where you want to be spending as much time as you can with each other. I think we've actually done it quite well in this tour compared to what the lads said the Six Nations was like and, and Autumn Internationals where obviously restrictions were a lot stricter. There's tried to be a bit more relaxation stuff. Like as long as we are just with ourselves, you know, we're playing rugby at the end of the day. So whether we're, playing darts or pool in the team room isn't going to make a huge amount of difference, but it's it's more the interaction with obviously outside of the bubble. There's, there's not, there's none of that, you know, it's, yeah, we've got a cinema room booked this weekend so we can go out, but you obviously have to book the whole screen out because then you can't be interacting with public.
4: And what are you expecting from Canada? What have you noticed in their games? I mean, they'll be a team that will get better week on week and they'll, I'm sure they'll be better this week, but what have you picked out from them?
6: I, I think a bit similar to us. You know, they're a team that haven't played a lot. Like Obviously, that was our first game as a team pretty similar to those guys I haven't played in a long time. But you know, again, similar to the USA, like, a very passionate nation, love to be physical. You know, They're always going to bring that. There's no no lack of physicality and there's no lack of, they're never going to give up. You know, they're, ne- ne- they're never beaten. Um, you know, you've got to carry on going and that's what we've spoken about as a squad this week and, and trying to keep that going for a full 80 minutes and and keep our foot on the throat in, in that aspect of things.
0: So you get the game done on Saturday um, and then it's been, like you said, n- pretty much back-to-back seasons. Are you heading straight to Ibiza on Sunday or is it Mallorca or? I'm not.
6: It's, uh, it's, it's me, my partner and, and daughter down in the caravan with the dog uh, down in Devon, which is, Perfect for me. Keeping and then it
0: humble. Humble. Love Keep it. Keep it
6: humble. And then in the summer we'll be we got a load of hay to cut. And so that's that'd be nice.
0: England skipper straight to a caravan and then doing the hay, mate. There's nothing yeah. better. That's a that's a real leader right there. <laughs> and he got the hot dogs in, didn't he? It was Independence Day. He got the hot dogs in a herd last week. Yeah. Is he get is he getting the maple syrup out this week for the Canadians? A load of pancakes.
4: That'd be
6: nice, for it? Few of them would be on game day. Would be lovely.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, Lewis. Before you go, I need to ask because I'm watching it all unfold. The beard, right now, I do enjoy a beard. I wouldn't say I have beard envy of you yet. Where's the tash? Is it like? Are you purposely not growing the tash out as well, or now, is it the, a- the
6: tash just doesn't grow very well? I get a real good sort of chin beard, and it gets to a certain length. Like before before camp, it was it was bushy, and I had to get rid of that. My missus was not happy. So you can't go up there looking like that. So it's 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 strong as that list length, but then yeah, the little touch bit just doesn't it's just not Keep there. Keep
0: shaving. <laughs> I think it looks designer. I think it's great. Jim's got a big slug on his top lip, but mate, you're looking you're looking pretty good. As England skips, mate. Hell of a season decent beard on him shaved the lid straight down to the caravan after smashing Canada this weekend love it
1: sounds good well thanks very much for joining us Lewis And bits of luck again this weekend against Canada cheers for that buddy good luck this weekend loving you what fully deserved as well cheers mate thank you very much
0: cheers Lewis top man nice one top lad yeah he is mate what a bloke eh? what a year and then how humble just going down the caravan
4: how good is he on the kick chase as well we didn't mention about that because he, he's humble when the ball goes up and you're like I don't want to be I do not want him chasing me that is all I'm saying he's looking for ribs to smash isn't he watching him I knew when he pulled me back as skipper me being skipper that this kid had something he had some balls back then I tell say, imagine that imagine someone pulling Martin Johnson back in training Goody <laughs>
0: you're comparing yourself to Jono no he is <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. But I mean, fair play. It's one of them, isn't it? You, 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 young spunker that comes in and you, know, you, you just want to win. And then by doing that, you pull the jersey back of the dummy line, Jim Hamilton, who thinks it's going to be the glory line. And then he gets a click around the ear. He'd have filled you in there, would he?
4: Maybe. I threw, I threw the left handbag. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So if the right one come in, that's the worry. And he knew that as well. He knew that the right was the one. But I, I saved that
0: anyway for David Pace.
1: Right. Let's finish things off then with the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: Yes, let's. And we're gonna start off with a favourite of Jim Hamilton's. I know where you're going with this. I didn't see it, it was a fluke. <laughs> I am gonna say one of your favourite ever coaches, uh Andy Robinson. What do you call him, Jim? The cowboy. yeah Waving well, yeehaw. Anyway, uh Andy Robinson, coach of Romania. Uh they pushed the Argentina. One. Yeah, yeah, the big one. But they pushed Argentina really close didn't at the see weekend. Did seventeen all with nine minutes to go. Cordero scores to try to win it. So um, tip of the slipper to Romania. They were competitive. Andy Robinson must be working miracles, like he didn't do with Jim Hamilton. Saw so, Jean Claude Van Damme in Romania once. There you go. Thanks for that, James. You're um, welcome. Yeah, random. What else was good? Let's go to the England game. Then uh, we'll start off with Harry Randall uh, debut and man of the match performance. Eddie's definitely listened to the podcast again because he's picking players on form in the Premiership, and Harry Randall certainly is one of those. Mentioned him before as well. Joe Cock and a singer. He's had a tough time with injuries, but looked uh, to the man of Bourne again in an England jersey, scoring two against the USA. Decent finish as well. Long Ranger. USA, they're going to get a mention. Their second half fight back, winning the second half 26 points to 17, was a decent effort from those boys after shipping a fair few points in the first half. So uh, well done to the USA team. Lee Halfpenny, we give him a mention uh 100th cap at the weekend didn't last very long but anyone that reaches 100 caps uh deserves a hell of a shout out so well done Lee Halfpenny the Ireland versus Japan game gets a mention the good uh, I thought it was a decent ding dong some entertaining rugby from both teams we've always got to get one of my old clubs in the good have not we Jim which one are we going to this time which Why one we go to? Worcester with? is it? breath it is it's Worcester what? James what's happened they've signed Rory Sutherland
4: what a oh, signing okay, that all is. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Completely out the blue for a lot of people, but they've now got two British and Irish Lions. And Chris Ashton. God help them. It's a hell of a signing from them. Uh, obviously, they've realized they are way behind the other teams and making some decent signings for next year. They cost them a bit. That's a shock though, isn't it? Rory Sutherland leaving. Didn't see it coming. Doesn't play much at Edinburgh though, to be honest. Hashtag always. Is it hashtag British Lion, mate? I know.
4: I know there we go Cockers what's he done what's he said to Cockers what's he done know, obviously you know
0: maybe he doesn't think he can to the couch and back with his top off I don't know <laughs> there we go um, so they get a mention in the good uh, but the good this week goes to Josh Adams scoring four tries for the Lions I thought his performance was outstanding Hamish Watson gets an honourable mention as well but scoring four tries for the Lions uh, really put a marker down for him as a test starter a uh, hell of an effort so Josh Adams gets the good this week the bad Uh, a few bits of bad we're going to start off with Eddie Jones why not we like Eddie we don't like Eddie we can't make our mind up but 6-2 bench um, with the injuries to Max Malins and Ollie Lawrence derailed England a little bit so he gets a little mention in that I'm sure we'll change it to a 5-3 bench this week Um, Lee Halfpenny we mentioned him in the good but he's also got to mention the bad it looked like a nasty injury ACL probably so a really sad way to finish your 100th test Uh, Jim we'll go to your country we didn't play well, your under-20s did, pal. Nah, yeah, we don't talk about them just yet, because they've, they've not come through the system yet. Wow, here we go, James. Italy, under-20s, 43. Scotland, under-20s, 3. I mean, there's pants pulled down, and then there's pants pulled down by the Italians. It doesn't happen, Jim. What's going on oh, there? Oh,
4: there's wearing no pants. I don't think any of them are wearing pants, to be honest. That's what's happened. They couldn't
0: even be pulled down. It was that bad. There we go. Uh, so a mention in the bad this week for Scotland, the 20s, getting absolutely hosed by the Italians. Uh, but the bad this week uh, has got to go to the COVID cases and the outbreak in the Springboks camp. Train has been suspended. Uh, Lud has picked up COVID, which isn't great. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully it's not spread too far and wide across the squad and the tour won't be affected uh, too much Uh, But it's obviously something to keep our eye on and, uh, you know, we don't want to see COVID in the bubbles. Uh, Ugly, two bits of ugly. Um, We're going to start off in New Zealand, Andy Rowe. Oh. Uh, And the All Blacks, 102-0 victory over Tonga. Um, It's just not good for ruggers, that, is it? It shouldn't have been played, really. The Tongans couldn't get a proper side together. Their head coach, Tutai Kefu, has basically gone around New Zealand, picking up club players um, to try and fill a fixture against... The All Blacks, real shame for the Tongans. They did respond to the hacker pretty well, I thought. Um, but that's not that good for them.
4: I mean, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I could respond well to the hacker and look really scary. And then we still have, I mean, we, we have 50 put on us. So I looked <laughs> unbelievable looking at Ali Williams. So let me tell you that shit.
0: Uh, yeah, there we go. So that gets a mention The Ugly this week. No one needs to concede 100 points in a test match. Uh, but The Ugly this week, it goes to NTT Communications Shining Arc's also known as Greg Laidlaw's Club in Japan. They've signed Israel Folau. I'm just going to leave that there. That is ugly. Israel Folau signing him. What the fuck?
1: Thanks, Goody. And you guys have got a few shout-outs to finish off with, don't you?
4: Yeah, I've got a big shout-out to Brody and Cooper, whose brother plays in the minis at the in Ulster, uh, they're both fighting a rare and incurable form of muscular dystrophy, and the family at the people in the club are doing amazing things and raising money for them to have trials in the US, and it costs up to a $100,000 a year. So they're both having treatment every three months. You can find out more, and if you want to donate and help them out, they'd be greatly appreciated, I'm sure. JustGiving.com forward slash crowned funding forward
0: slash Allison slash pendant. Yeah, big shout out to them and uh, another big shout out to the 30 guys doing a four-day 550-kilometre bike ride soon in aid of the Brain Tumour Charity. Brothers Callum and Ali have organised it after their dad and Wimborne RFC legend John McIntosh was diagnosed with a rare and incurable form of brain cancer last year. They called it the Road to the Dam uh, because it was going to be from London to Amsterdam. That would have been a good trip. Uh, It's now from Clapham to Falmouth instead, and it's a great course. So good luck, guys. Check out The Road to Dam on social media if you want to help them out.
4: Yeah, Goody. And another one uh, that popped in my inbox from the guys over in Hong Kong, from the Hong Kong Tens, that Sean Brown... Passed away last week. Sean had Down syndrome. Uh, he was front and centre of the team photo that we had done after the game yeah. that we played um, down in Hong Kong uh, for the club and the 10s tournament. It was a real fixture around everything in Hong Kong rugby. So he's going to be really missed by everyone down there. Our thoughts obviously go out to his family and everyone involved in rugby in Hong Kong.
1: Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and head on over to Spotify and we'll see you there.
0: Rugby Spod. Spotter, pod, 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 pod,
4: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda the power of dreams
3: visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more